This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches verse by verse through the book of Acts. pray to a generic God. I pray to the one true and living God. And the Bible says that that I come to him in the name of the Lord Jesus. But what does that mean? Let me tell you what it doesn't mean. It's not a formula. It doesn't mean that if at the end of my prayer or at the beginning, I simply say, in the name of Jesus, that it truly is in the name of Jesus. Why do we close our prayers with the phrase, in Jesus' name? Today, Pastor Robert teaches that when we pray in Jesus' name, we need to realize that we are representing Him. When we come with our own desires, we aren't representing Him anymore, but our own agenda. Let's make sure our motives are in the right place when we pray. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Acts chapter 19 with today's message. We need physical touch. We need often the points of contact. We need so often, you know, something physical, something tangible. And in His mercy, in His great love for us, Though he's not obligated to do so, he gives it. He gives it. You remember the story? It's in the Gospels. The woman who she had, the the way the Bible words it, an issue of blood. This woman had had like an ongoing period. Her menstrual cycle was totally out of whack. She'd been bleeding for years. And therefore, she was unclean. She was ostracized in that society. She couldn't enter into worship. She couldn't be a part of it. I mean, it was just, you know, this poor woman. And and we're told that she said in her heart concerning Jesus, if I could only just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'd be made whole. Now, was there something special about the hem of Jesus' garment? No. No. Did he need the physical proximity? No. How do we know that? Well, a centurion, you remember that story? Comes to Jesus, you know, I need, you know, I need, my servant needs... Jesus is like, yeah, let's go to your house. And the guy says, no, 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 I, you don't even need to come with me. It, it's, it's a long way. I, I know that that's not necessary. Speak the word and he'll be healed. And Jesus said, in effect, you're right, and he is. You can go home. More than once that was the case. He didn't need to be right there. But we need, more often than not, that physical point of contact. These people apparently needed that physical point of contact. Maybe they were too ill to come. 
We don't know the whole story. We don't know everything. We just know that in this situation, God used unusual miracles to heal people and set them free. I am so fascinated by the fact that the demons left people because that's a personal choice. Do you understand that that the demonic realm, we're talking about personal beings. We're not talking about negative energy. By the way, I'm going to digress again. I'm so convinced that we're getting close to the rapture of the church. Jesus is coming back. On the TV last night, I'm sitting there, and at first, this can't be happening. There's an advertisement for a new TV show. Exorcisms live. Until they're gonna, the whole idea they're gonna cast out demons live on TV. Bizarre. But you know what? This it's been going on forever. Look back at verse eleven. It's human ignorance and greed at work. God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. All this stuff's going on. Demons are leaving people. Verse thirteen. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Now think about that. Just think about it. Some of the traveling itinerant Jewish exorcists. Now that implies there were more than a few, right? I mean, there's at least more than one group doing this. And some of them got the bright idea, took it upon themselves. What does that imply? Nobody told them to do this. They just decided, hey, it's working for Paul. Maybe it'll work for us. It seems, based on some of the historical writings, this was a common practice. Some of the Jewish priests would, you know, they'd get together, and it's basically a business, you know, as a way to earn a living. They're traveling around looking for people that are demonized. And they would use the name of Solomon. Don't know why. Don't know if it worked. Apparently it did. They were able to build a business around it. Traveling around and, you know, you got a family member that's afflicted with a demon, possessed by a demon, and you want him delivered. And okay, 50 bucks. We'll take care of it for you. Nothing's changed. Do you understand? This, this stuff, nothing's changed since the beginning. And so they would, they would do this. Well, this group, there's a specific group mentioned here. Look at it with me. Verse 14. There were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. So you've got these these seven brothers, and they're traveling around. This is their little business. They're entrepreneurs. They're going from town to town, place to place, looking for people with a demon. And they hit the family up, you know. The guy's driving a Bentley, $2,500. We'll take care of it for you. No problem. Get that demon right right out of your kid. And then they realized that, well... From what we're hearing, this guy Paul, see, he's doing this stuff in the name of this guy Jesus, whoever that is, and it's working without fail, 100% success rate. And so they decide, hey, if it works for him, it'll work for us. Makes perfect sense. Ignorance and greed. So they find this guy who's demonized, and they... You know, we command you or we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Verse 15, the evil spirit answered them. That's not a good sign. Right off the bat, he's talking back. 
You know, that's something that when, when we've got, our, our kids are at the age, you know, we're realizing we need to start teaching them about, you know, a little bit more carefully about responding to authority. You know, how, how do you interact with a boss? You know, things like that. You realize that a lot of people never learn that. When I was a little boy, one sure way to be severely punished was what my grandmother and my mother called sass. Anybody know what sass means? A couple of you know what sass means. It's disrespectful backtalk. Being sassy. That's right. Talking back. Well, apparently this demon was sassy. Verse 15, the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. Who are you? Now, this was a challenge, in case you don't understand. Verse 16, then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This became known both to all the Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified, and many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Listen, there's a very, very important thing taking place here, such an important principle that I want you to understand. There's a big controversy in chaplaincy work and that kind of thing these days concerning praying in the name of Jesus. And it's a serious issue because we need to be free to pray to who we pray to, right? I don't pray to a generic God. I pray to the one true and living God. And the Bible says that that I come to Him in the name of the Lord Jesus. But what does that mean? Let me tell you what it doesn't mean. It's not a formula. It doesn't mean that if at the end of my prayer or at the beginning, I simply say, in the name of Jesus, that it truly is in the name of Jesus. And let me illustrate my point here. If I give you my credit card number and I say, listen, the church printer, it, it broke. It, it broke. And so I need, you to, I need you to run over to Office Depot and get another one. I'm sending you, right? It's my representative as a representative of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, more accurately. We're so glad you joined us for today's edition of Main Thing Radio. Pastor Robert will be back with another message from God's Word soon. But in the meantime, we'd like to invite you to visit our website, MainThingRadio.com. Right now, Pastor Robert would like to take a minute to tell you how you can support the ministry of Main Thing Radio. We are so blessed to be able to share God's written Word through these broadcasts. And it's the generosity of people like you that makes it possible. Would you prayerfully consider partnering with us financially? Any amount is helpful and appreciated. And for any donation of $20 or more, we'll send you a copy of 30 Days, a 30-day practical introduction to reading the Bible by author Nikki Gumbel. 
You know, reading God's Word is an essential part of learning about Him and growing in your relationship. But the Bible can be a daunting book to tackle. This guide will give you 30 passages from both the Old Testament and the New Testament that are accompanied by helpful commentary and suggested prayers. It's designed to get you into the study of God's Word. And if you'd like more information, please visit MainThingRadio.com and click Donate at the top of the page. Thanks, Pastor Robert, and thanks for being part of what we do here. We hope you join us again for another edition of Main Thing Radio.